Welcome to the Cap City Church podcast. This is a recording of our Sunday message. We pray that you're encouraged and challenged as you listen to it. Enjoy. Let's open the, uh, the word if you've got your Bible. Let's open the word to Ephesians 6. And I am just going to share just the, the whole little passage on the armor of God because I think it's good to ground it in the context of what we've been uh, taught over the last few weeks. So Ephesians 6 starts with uh, verse 10. And it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Verse 13. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and have done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. Now, verse 18 is where we're going to land today. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And it goes on, and pray on behalf, on my behalf, that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in proclaiming it, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So yes, our key scripture this morning is Ephesians six eighteen that says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert And always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Okay, so I would like to uh, be a bit vulnerable this morning and share a bit of my testimony. Uh, That's a bit of my story, uh, something that my family have journeyed through. Um, And the reason why I do that is because it grounds everything about my heart and my passion and my... um, my hunger to understand and to engage um, with the mystery and the power of prayer. Um, so, 1999, taking you way back, but don't worry, we're only going to do two years of history, so it's fine. <laughs> 1999, 13-year-old Sammy was observing conversations between my parents as we hosted Pete Gregg in our home. 24-7 prayer wasn't known around the world yet, and Pete was very much a regular guy being used by God to instigate a move of prayer through a bunch of young people in a prayer room in his community. My parents, along with our church family, felt drawn to establish a house of prayer for Newport to become a dwelling place for people to encounter God and to become a hosting space for visiting travellers. The creative idea was towards buying a large house where our family would live, but also for part of our home to be designated as a house of prayer. Two years of House of Prayer preparations were illustrated with conversations and with prayer meetings and gatherings and guidance, prophetic words, and even financial donations. The vision for us was huge, but it also felt exactly right for who God was asking us to be. We were looking for a house. 
Now, some history. At the time, the UK, and in fact the whole world, was on the cusp of a new prayer movement, one that we are still living through and still experiencing now. So as I said, Pete Gregg was mobilizing an army of young people uh, from one small prayer room in Chichester. That's now become 24-7 prayer. And night and day worship and prayer services were being established through the International House of Prayer in Kansas City, Missouri. Two massive, massive global prayer movements that have launched and sustained continuous prayer and worship. That's every day, all night, every hour, and mission and justice for over two decades now. And both of them were birthed in 1999. So God was obviously speaking. God was stirring. My dad and my mum took the spiritual lead of this house of prayer vision, and they ran with it. And I look back at a season where I observed and encountered um, passionate people pursuing vision that God had put on their heart. I watched my dad model what a full surrender to God's call looked like. There was something massive to be said for what our children are witnessing and seeing in us. Was I involved in all the meetings and in the decisions and in the complexities of such a task? At 13, surprisingly not, um, but I was close by. I was watching a burning fire for prayer and mission and justice establish and root itself within my family, but also in my church. And it left an impact. So now, if you get an opportunity, can I encourage you to look into the history of the prayer movement throughout the centuries? It dates back to a few hundred years after Jesus died, and it entwines its way through history. It is fascinating. It's amazing to see how God moves in everyday, normal, and really normal. A lot of these uh, testimonies, a lot of the stories throughout the prayer movement are really normal situations. They're like small groups of people in small places doing things, but because they've been grouped together in this history, they've become this massive, amazing thing. These people, whether they were small groups or sometimes larger groups, uh, recognize the need to prioritize the presence of God and pursuing God. Entire missionary and denominational movements were birthed out of prayer movements. So our denomination, the Assemblies of God, was birthed from a revival in a place um, called Azusa Street in LA in California. And that was heavily influenced by the Welsh revival back in 1905, which was all birthed out of prayer. Prayer has a significant place in history. There are so many instances, and I had to um, avoid putting all of the things that I love to read about down because we'd be here for hours and hours and hours, but there are so many instances, so many stories, and so many encounters of people who have literally seen history change because they prayed. It's something that we should spend way more time reading about and talking about and sharing with one another. Recently, and Abby said it this morning, recently we've heard testimonies from people in Ukraine where bombs literally missed their target. They were swerved off target. They didn't explode on impact. Was that a coincidence? Absolutely not. We know of millions of Christians that were praying those exact words. May the bombs that Russia are, are, are sending out literally miss their targets were words that were spoken about in many prayer meetings that I was involved in. God was answering prayers. But let's be real for a minute. Our relationship with prayer isn't always that straightforward, is it? Sometimes it's complicated, 
particularly when it involves a journey through pain. We all struggle with doubt at times. We struggle to believe prayer will really make a difference. Sometimes we go through the, the motions in the hope that maybe this time God might answer that prayer. Sometimes things don't go according to plan. God seemingly doesn't answer our prayers or fulfill things in maybe the way we expected him to. Sometimes it takes many years to understand why. And sometimes we're still questioning. And all of that's okay. So going back to the house of prayer, things uh, didn't go according to plan. And I think sometimes it's important for us to share and hear stories where things didn't work out um, and not just hear the, the stories where things did. Um, because God actually uses the unanswered prayers as much as he uses the answer prayers. And sometimes there's fruit that comes out of that space. So it's 2001 and everything was appearing to look good. We were receiving words from people all across the globe that God had incredible plans for Newport, uh, that it would become a spiritual gateway into the rest of Wales, that we would see refreshment and revival through it. So as a family, we viewed houses, lots of houses. We then sold our house. Uh, we found a property and the offer was accepted. Uh, but when it came to moving week, uh, the funds didn't come in. So everything stopped. Um, we had to move out of our family home. We lost our home. Um, and we moved into a season of transition. My mum and dad and I stayed with my dad's parents. Um, and my sisters had to go and stay with my mum's parents because there wasn't enough room in one house for us. Eventually, we would rent a property together. And the, um, that was a wonderful blessing from a, a church. Uh, but the damage had been done. And faith was really struggling at that time. The vision for the House of Prayer in Newport paused. Well, okay. Um, if I'm really honest, it, it ended. Um, let's not, you know, beat by the bush. It stopped. It ended. It didn't, it didn't happen. It still hasn't happened. Um, there were significant struggles to be overcome. There were challenges that we weren't prepared for as a family. Um, impact that, that did massively impact my family. Um, and everyone's faith in our church struggled as a result. So why am I sharing this really challenging, destructive, difficult story when I meant to be inspiring us to pray and encouraging us forward and it's our weapon and it's amazing and it's on the offense? Why would I be sharing such a destructive message? Because each and every one of us will have something in our mind this morning as I'm speaking where it didn't go well when God didn't move the way we thought he would, when that prayer wasn't answered, when things just maybe kept getting worse, um, when that breakthrough wasn't easy or never came. And I wanted to be real and say that every time that I've ever heard a message on prayer, the questions, the doubts, always surface. Always. And those foundations will stay shaken unless we keep shining a light on them and we keep talking about them. An answer prayer is really hard. It's mysterious, it's complicated, we don't understand it. But it is part of our prayer journey. So we need to acknowledge it, we need to understand it. So why is it so hard? Our key passage, let's get back to Ephesians, talks about it. It's called spiritual warfare. 
So we are living in contested space. It's a battleground, and Paul is trying to train us to withstand the battle. That's what we've been learning in the last few weeks. And if we look at verse 12 in Ephesians 6, it says this. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. And Paul goes on, follows this with, therefore, take up the full armor of God. So we've been learning, we've been given armor for a reason. And prayer is a massive part of that armor. So when we engage with prayer, we also need to engage with our own doubts and whether prayer works. It's important to check ourselves on this because challenging our doubts actually strengthens our faith, which is the basis and foundation of our prayers. I just want to say, on an aside, it is perfectly understandable and it is okay to have doubts about whether prayer works. So if you're feeling that this morning, join the club. I think we could all put our hands up. It's perfectly okay. Every person in this room will at some point in their life, if not right now, this morning, have challenges in this area. But what I want to try and do this morning is not avoid that, because that's real. I want to try and tilt the scales for us in the direction of belief. I want to, if you can picture a scales where we've got all these doubts and all these unanswered questions and all these struggles, I want to try and add more faith-based conversation to the other side. So we're starting to put more tilt everything more towards but prayer does work and this is when it has and this is why it does and this is how God works because the more we can tilt that scale the stronger our prayer life will be so the house of prayer vision did fail but throughout the next five years of my own life God was handing a baton and a deeper calling of prayer in me the seed of this uh, prayer vision this burning flame that I was witnessing in my dad had fizzled out. But God, in his divine purpose and in his grace, was passing that legacy on to me. My journey with prayer, it is deep. It's been mined out of the ashes, like many of us, I would say, in this room. It's gone through trial after trial after trial. It's been fortified through relationship with prayer warriors across the nation, And it's also been blown about by the wind when circumstances have challenged it. Because those attacks still come. Particularly when we fight to inspire and cultivate and passionate prayer. When we're building church, we become a target. And the easiest way to get us off track is if God's going to attack our prayer life and stop us communicating with him. Hands down, the easiest way that's going to do. He's going to stop you talking to God. He's going to stop you listening to God and he's going to go see all these doubts. It's the easiest way he's going to stop everything. But God continues to call me deeper into this prayer journey. Um, The vision that God planted uh, within my life was birthed out of this place of destruction. If you've journeyed with me at all over these years, You'll know this story and you'll know that I keep saying there's something about prayer in my life and I don't know what it is and it feels really big and I can't handle it and it's okay. Like, it's just something that God's been doing. Um, And this has come from 
this place of destruction, this has come from a place where this prayer for the house of prayer seemingly went unanswered. So let's switch tracks again a little bit and let me talk to you about vision statements. Now, we're not going to do a business training model of vision statements because basically that's really hard. <laughs> but, <laughs> but there is an amazing tool that somebody um, taught me through a book uh, recently, and I've shared this with a couple of people. Um, it's called A Vision Statement for Your Life, and it is about you spending time with God and trying to work out one simple statement that really gets your heart burning, that really gets you out of bed in the morning. It's the reason why you think God has put you on this planet. And the reason why a vision statement is really helpful is because often we attach our purpose and our plans and our vision and our thinking and our goals to a position or a, a role um, rather than actually this is who I want to become. And actually all these different roles and different positions and over time, all of these things might change, but my heart knows where God is leading me towards. So let me share uh, my vision statement. It might make a bit of sense. So my vision statement for my life is that I really believe that God wants me to create environments where people encounter the power and presence of God. It happened a couple of years ago, and everything that I say yes to now filters through that vision. So if I am I'm leading a lounge, it's because I want to create a space where we have great conversations so that God is experienced and we can all encounter his presence. I love to lead worship because it gives that opportunity for me to create an environment where we can just put Jesus in front of it. Those things are important to me and it's easy for me to say yes to because it becomes part of my burning passion. It becomes part of what I've been born to do. And this is where God has revealed a little bit more to me and where the redemption and the fruit from the house of prayer legacy is planted and where God has revealed more is that he was calling me as well as to create environments so people encounter the power and presence of God. He was calling me to build people up to become houses of prayer where they encounter the power and presence of God in their lives. So it was a, not about buildings, it was about people. So it's not about a specific prayer room, it's not about a specific prayer ministry, it's about my passion and my greatest heart's desire is that if I can spend time with people, and this is how I get faith-filled, this is how I get fired up, is spending time talking to people about prayer and how things are working and, and encounters with God and worship. I get fired up by that, and I want people to be fired up by that too. So yeah, I love prayer. I love this thing called prayer. It is mysterious complicated but it is magnificent we cannot imagine the things that are going on that God does through prayer there is so much that happens and over the years I've had the privilege of designing and running prayer rooms and uh, in multiple churches and events and I've worked with 24-7 prayer across Wales and I've read loads of prayer books and, and I'm always inspired by other people's prayer lives I want to learn I want to experience I want to encounter it because I don't have enough testimonies of awesome stuff that's happened in my life. I've got some, but I haven't got enough that I can recall. So if I haven't got some, I'm going to go and borrow other people's. That's basically my plan. Like spend time with loads of people that have had amazing things happen to them and go, see, God's doing stuff. God's doing stuff. God's doing stuff. He's going to do it in me soon. God's doing stuff. God's doing stuff. That's what I want to see happen. So I want to do that this morning, if that's okay. 
stories have always helped to build faith, to tilt my belief and confidence into the realm where I genuinely believe prayer is our greatest asset. So thinking about how we can continue to tilt that scale towards faith, let me tell you about some of my favorites. I promise I won't be long. <laughs> there is a guy called Reese Howells, and he was a legend, and he was Welsh. Come on. Uh, in the middle of the world, in World War II, he became an influential voice through his dedication to intercession on behalf of those within his community. He prayed, and God gave him direction. He even advised Winston Churchill to make life-saving decisions about after spending time with God in prayer. This really normal, everyday Welshman had a closeness with God that literally saved countless lives across the country. I can't even imagine that. I can't even imagine spending time with God and getting a, getting a word and then going, oh, I'll call Boris. Hi, Boris. I think. <laughs> I, who knows? But that confidence in prayer didn't happen overnight. It was built on decades of little moments where he saw opportunities in everyday life to depend on God. And he watched how God came through for him. There are testimonies. I, I won't go into loads of them, but there are testimonies where he showed up at a train station with no money and somehow somebody gave him money and he got the train that he needed to get to get to somewhere else to do something that God needed him to do. There are so many little things that he trusted God with. And throughout his life, the big things come into play. It's amazing. Then there were these two awesome elderly ladies on a small island off of Scotland who felt the call to pray for revival. They prayed with such fervor that church ministers from the area joined their prayer meetings a few times a week. And very soon afterwards, God showed them that he was going to send a well-known evangelist speaker, his name is Duncan Campbell, to assist them. Duncan, not knowing any of this, was due to speak at a church in Bangor in Northern Ireland, and he felt God tell him to stop and go to speak at this small community on the Isle of Lewis. So he set off by himself, didn't tell anyone, a bit awkward, didn't tell anyone he was going. And uh, upon arrival, it was so clear that God had orchestrated all of that move because the church minister had already had his name on posters telling people that he was coming, so come to the meeting. So God was clearly on the move. That revival, the Hebridean uh, revival, um, Duncan stayed there. He was due to stay there for two weeks. He stayed there for two years because God was doing amazing things on a small island with a group of people. Like, this is, this is incredible. Then there's my awesome favorite, uh, Mark Batterson. Uh, if you've ever heard me speak about prayer, you know he comes up. He has written so many books, but the book, The Circle Maker, we all need to read probably this year because we're all looking for a building. He is an amazing author. He's an amazing speaker. Um, and he is a pastor of National Community Church in Washington, D.C. And he has so many incredible stories and personal testimonies of how God has uh, provided for them in miraculous ways. Lots of buildings in really influential places that have seen God and, and they just give away money to missions all the time. Like they do incredible things through these buildings because God's just given to them and it's amazing. So his book, The Circle Maker, is well worth a read. If you read any of his books, he will give you faith to believe the things that you are praying for. He is incredible. Then let's bring it back a little bit. So in our own church, in our church community, we have miraculous answers to prayer too. God has provided buildings for us. 
when we've needed them before. He provided this building within two weeks. He, we prayed and he answered, it was amazing. We've seen jobs being provided really recently with Nishant and Ben. We've seen jobs being provided in amazing ways. We've seen healing. I was healed from all the eczema that I had on my back at the end of last year. We've seen miracle babies born. We've seen people become the answers to other people's prayers. We have seen God move and we have seen God answer prayers. And that's very generic and not listed, but I reckon if we all put our heads together, we could name lots of times that God has answered our prayers. So prayer is powerful, but the enemy of our faith is always prowling about trying to raise the scales of doubt around our prayer life, always. So we have to continually put the faith elements in to continually tilt the scale back. We have armor and we have a strategy against the plans and schemes of the enemy of our faith. So let's remember our scripture. Remember verse 13 says this, therefore take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist on the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm. When doubts come in, and they will, our greatest reminder and Paul's encouragement against the spiritual attacks is to put on the full armor of God, to stand firm and to pray our socks off. Slightly paraphrased. So what does standing firm look like? To me, it looks like two things. Remembering the good things that God has done. So let's talk about when God has answered prayers. Let's not forget the stories. It is so easy to remember the hard stories where God didn't come through because those are often attached with pain and heartache. It is too easy to remember those ones and not as easy to remember all the times where God has come through and done amazing things. So let's keep reminding ourselves. Let's keep talking about when God answered prayer. I encourage you to read accounts of mighty moves of God throughout history because it always raises your faith. On Friday, when I was having a little look back through the, the history of the prayer movement, I, and I knew it, but I was blown away time and time again by these little paragraphs of when this happened in history and this happened in history and this happened in history. And I'm like, this is amazing. God, you're doing incredible things. This is so, so good. Like they're about to build a massive monument that um, represents all answered prayer. I can't remember where it is in Britain, but they're about to build this beautiful thing that's got all of these answers to prayer on it. It's amazing. And remember to have faith-filled conversations with other Christians. Like I said, that's almost like a love language for me. Like, take me for coffee and let's have deep, good conversations about faith-filled stuff. I, I am there every time because that energizes me. It gets me back on track. It reminds me how awesome God is. So let's, point number one, remember that good things God has done. And then point number two, it is so vital that we invest in our own relationship with Jesus. And I say our own relationship with Jesus because nobody can do that for you. You can't utilize someone else's history when things get really tough. You need your own steel. You need your own reason why God pulled you through. So looking back at the house of prayer where everything did get destroyed, because God brought me through that myself and I journeyed through the disappointment and that took years and years and years and lots of confusing conversations, but God has brought me through that. So I have my own history of where I'm like, God, you didn't answer prayer, but 
you're teaching me how you've brought me through it and now I'm stronger and almost thankful that you didn't answer the prayer even though that was really destructive and that's a really strange place to be as well but it's so important that we find our own history and you can only do that through spending time with Jesus and just remembering the power of the cross Abby did such a great job of leading worship this morning because you can't sing those songs amazing grace and not feel every moment of the truth of those words and every moment of the fact that Jesus died on a cross for us. So we have this relationship with God. We can come to him in all openness and go, I don't get it. This is confusing. I'm in pain. I, this, I, this hurts. Or thank you so much. You did amazing things. I can't even fathom how you did that. This is incredible. We have such an easy access into that presence with God because of Jesus and because of the work on the cross. Claire spoke a few weeks ago from Revelation 12 where it describes the battles in the heavenly places and we've been talking a little bit about spiritual warfare and this is where we're going to land now. In verse 11 it says, they overcame him, that's the accuser, because of the blood of the lamb, that's Jesus, and the word of their testimony. And that's what we're talking about, our two points. Our relationship with Jesus, the fact that the power of the cross and remembering the good things that God has done. We overcome the trials and the warfare by remembering that the power comes from Jesus and the power he claimed over death on the cross. It is a power and an authority that we stand in, a power that he has given us that we can declare and walk in. And we overcome through the word of our testimony, through the stories of faith from history and from yesterday, through our friend's journey towards a miracle, and the person who battled doubt and pain to believe in God again. So I'm going to invite Abby and uh, Drew back up, if that's okay. Guys, prayer is powerful. I probably should have said that loudly. <laughs> prayer is powerful. It is incredibly powerful. And it comes down to communion with God. Prayer in its simplest form is communion with God. And that means just connection. So that might mean words. That might mean speaking to him. It might mean listening to him. It might mean being with him. Worshipping. It's communion with God. It's not about us feeling like we need to be praying more. That's the last thing that I want this um, message to be. I think so many of us have been in services where we've all talked on prayer or we've talked on reading scripture and we're like, oh, I just need to do that more. I just need to do that more. I just need to do that more. It's not about that. I don't want to pile any guilt on top of any of that. It's not about that. This is a, an invitation. Prayer is an invitation to a deeper connection with God. It's not about God trying to get more out of you. It's about God putting more into you. It's an invitation to wholeness in our walk with God. And that solid foundation is prayer. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about us, visit our website, capcitycardiff.org.uk.